When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast, Eagle-Eyed View. Um, you are with me, Kenny Seconton, our Crystal Palace reporter, Robert Waller, okay. and our head of sport, Eagle Hunt. Okay. I guess we should start with the most recent game. Um, Rob went to Bristol City last night. How was it, Rob? Did you enjoy yourself? Um, it wasn't the best, as to be said. How tired are you? Yeah, quite fine. I think it went till uh, 20 past 3 this morning after the, the long drive back, but it's a little worth it for that game. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but it wasn't good from a past perspective. That, I think that has to go down to one of their, uh, their worst nights of uh, the season, if not recent memory. Um, they don't like going to Ashton Gate. It's uh, fair to say they haven't got a good record there. haven't won since 1980 at that venue. And, uh, they've got some bad memories from, from their recent trips there, number four won the feet in the League Cup, that infamous chat between Steve Parrish and Dougie Freeman in the car park, um, to the playoffs as well, it's not, not been a happy hunting ground, and uh, it certainly wasn't for them last night, and actually to be fair, they started right, the, the first 20-25 minutes, as were you know, the better side, got the opening goal, and you kind of thought, okay, well this, this could be a good night for them, it was a, a much changed side, but... After Bristol City got an equaliser, which was basically gifted to them by Patrick Bernhardt, I don't know what he was doing, I really don't. Um, trying to get it back to Bayern and see when Matty Taylor was there, was on a plate for him, waiting for it, and uh, it changed the game really at that, that moment. From then on, Bristol City had the momentum, scored another goal quite quickly afterwards, but Paz didn't deal with a long throw, and um, Shades of Iceland, and there was a, a few murmurs in the press box about that, given that it was a nice landed blow through the through the mm. um, But from, yeah, from then on, I mean, it really wasn't a good performance, and they got what they deserved, they were four on the feet, I mean, two goals in the second half, in fairness to Bristol City, both were, were brilliant strikes. Uh, Joe Bryant, I mean, you won't see a better hit than that for uh, a, a while, I don't suppose. In off the other side of the bar, when Hennessy had no chance, and actually, to be fair, he didn't get enough chance for any of the goals. He was let down by the player in front of him, really. But, yeah, terrible knife pass, no hiding from that. A terrible knife for kind of fringe players as well, wasn't it, really? Because they. You look at them to try and prove something to the manager and, and really state their claim for a place in the first team, and they failed miserably, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, they'll be happy with their forms coming out of that game. 
you're right, the, the previous players are given an opportunity and you know, said that afterwards they didn't improve themselves. Is it, he said it was a good night for the ten players that left out because it shows that they're starting eleven, you know, that, that, that's his that's his Premier League team. It's it can be a problem, really, can't it? Because Palace have started the season so poorly, um, and to really keep them on their toes, you want a bit of competition, don't they? But the first team have got none. Looking at last night, they, they haven't really got anyone to take their shirts from them. So as far as strength and depth is concerned? There isn't strength and depth. It's, it, it kind of showed up last night just how... Yeah, how much they're relying on that first eleven because, as you say, if, if injuries or suspensions happen and those players you know aren't available, those that will be called upon to come in, are they really are they good enough? You know, on that showing, no. That was against championships, are they? It's, it's quite worrying, really. It's, it's an alarming sort of result of any performance. I think for for Hodgson to sort of see up against that quality of opponent, all right, no disrespect to Bristol, they could go well at home. The seventh in the championship, they're not a poor side, but you would expect Palace with you know Premier League squad to have enough to go there and, and compete. And what they did for the first half, the way they capitulated, that's a worrying sign. Yeah. Maybe shows a lack of confidence throughout the squad, would you say? Or? Yeah, I mean, there is a general lack of confidence when you're not winning games, clearly, and the, the results haven't been great at the moment. Obviously, they had the Chelsea win. You might hope that would be a, a starting block to, to, to you know, build, build on that, but it seems to come backwards again. There's, I suppose it's, it's hard to get momentum when there are that number of changes in the, in the game. But, but that's for Hodgson's decision. He said he took responsibility for the team selection. He obviously wanted to see these different players in action and see what all they could do. And he was disappointed with what they, what they did show. You know, they, they didn't show him enough. Will they get? They won't get another chance, will they? Really? Because you would expect Palace to take the FA Cup more seriously than the, the Carabao Cup. I think it depends on where they are in the league at that point. Yeah, true. Possibly. At the moment, this this cup competition was that chance for those French players. They haven't taken it. So at the moment, yeah, you can't see them unless there's injuries, in which case forces will have Hodgson's hand because he has to turn someone. He can't do anything until January transfer-wise. So unless there are injuries or suspensions from the, those first that first eleven. Some of those players, yeah, mm. I've seen them in a bad shirt for a while again, if at all. You know, that might have been one or two of those players' last performance in a bad shirt, but they might be told in January. The, the one thing from the selection last night that we probably should look at and will make the Palace fans happy is the selection of the goalkeeper last night. Um, Wayne Hennessy played in goal. Um, suggests, really, that... The legend that is Julian Speroni will be uh, back in between the sticks for the Premier League game against West Ham at the weekend. I think so. I think he's not done anything wrong in the two games he's played in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it's Chelsea came in when Hennessy had that, that knock. Good performance, made a few good saves. The Newcastle on Saturday, again, didn't do much wrong. He didn't have too much to do from the majority of the game, but when he was called upon, he made a couple of saves. 
the goal. I don't think you can entirely blame him for a bit of an unfortunate goal winning at Newcastle. There were some suggestions, maybe his pen-season goal being he's taller and a bit more reach where you've got to him to take the bar. You could perhaps argue that, but I think it'd be harsh on him and Spray. Certainly be harsh to drop him because he's not done anything that warrants that. At the same time, you know, Hennessy, as I said, I don't think he really was at fault for any of the goals last night. Harsh to say, you know, lose 4 1. Obviously, the spotlight would be turned on defence and goalkeeper, but I didn't think he was terrible last night. I think he got a bit of unfair criticism from the fans. You know, there were a few ironic cheers when he made a couple of saves towards the end of the game. Uh, I'm not sure that's helped in the situation when you know, the fans are getting back. Yes, it's, it's fairly obvious that the fans prefer Junior's growing, we know that from the polls we've done on the website yeah. and general you know, comment on social media. And I think it's probably worth that goal on Saturday, but I think it would be a surprise if there's, if there's a change between sticks. Whether it's long term, I guess that we'll have to wait and see on that. I think Spurring is it's his to lose at the moment from from my point of view. Were there any other positives to take out of the Bristol City trip? Did you at least have a good pie? Well, thanks to Ken in the the press room, we uh, we managed to get some pies when we despite arriving late because of the traffic around Bristol. uh, Yeah, it was best journey um, we, we encountered quite a lot of traffic had to find a uh, parking space and just about managed to get there in time for the game but uh, yeah I mean from, from Paris's point of view the, the positives are few and far between and they took the lead but after about 30 minutes there's no real positives to take from that game and Bristol City were the, the dominant side in the second half deservedly won the game and, Paris have got a lot to, to look back on and uh, from a negative point of view really and, and pick, pick apart you know, pick the pieces out of that game and what went wrong because there were plenty that went wrong really on the day. And so what, so what happened with Pablo Suarez? I've heard, um, heard something about Pablo Suarez. Yeah, he, he, he came back, uh, he came played obviously another 20 minutes or so as he, he came as a substitute and the game was gone by then. And it was a bit unfortunate from his point of view, he wasn't really had much of a chance to affect the, the, the positive result out of it, but good for him to come back and play a few more minutes in the first team. But yeah, at the end of the game, he went over to uh, the supporters, threw his shirt into the crowd, and uh, it, it was thrown back onto the pitch. I wouldn't say necessarily directly at him. It was thrown back onto the pitch by a supporter, and Suarez then went to, to pick it up. There wasn't really a confrontation. I think he sort of picked it up, looked a little bit perplexed to what had been thrown back onto the pitch. And Jason Punchin walked over and sort of put his arm around and Suarez and then walked off. After the game, we asked for a question about it and he said that the fans are well within their rights to show their displeasure with how things are going at the moment. But he said he was you know, sorry for Suarez. He hopes it wasn't a personal thing. I don't think he was. I think fans perhaps or a fan showing the, their anger at what the situation is at the moment perhaps I don't think it was necessarily directed at Patois it just happened to be the Patois was the one that went over towards the fans and, and through his shirt and perhaps you can question 
why I feel for one or two you going over to three with the shirt to the fans and maybe he was trying to find someone in particular in the crowd I don't know that's why I did come out on Twitter last night and say that he sort of played it down so that I understand the frustrations I don't think he's, he's taken to heart that much and he sort of accepts the emotions are running high but I've seen a lot of fans criticising who did throw the shirt because that's you know, it, it does if, if it was personal which I like to say I don't think it was I think it was just the fact that Pascal who's obviously been through a lot in this last year with his with the car crash and coming back to, to play for the club he's, he's a fan's favourite he's popular on the fans so I'd be surprised if it was anything particularly against him I think it perhaps was more of a, a case of the displeasure of what happened and, you know a bit of anger from, from the fans and you know, travelling down to Bristol City and, and seeing that as it served up as a performance and they didn't have much to cheer last night. I think it's one stupid fan probably, isn't it really? Um, maybe Suari shouldn't have thrown his shirt in the crowd and after a 4-1 defeat but he is a fan's favourite and he went over to, to see the fans after what's that, his second appearance since his return? Yeah. Um, and from what I've seen and heard from the Palace fans this morning, I, I think they've kind of condemned that one fan as well, and saying that it's not um, it's not a viewpoint kind of held by all the fans. Because I think anyone else probably would have taken that shirt and been, been grateful for it because it was Pat Swire and it was given what has happened to him in the last year. Um, yeah, I don't think we should tar all of the Crystal Palace fans with, with that brush, really. No, not at all. Is a minority, you know, in any sort of fan base, isn't there, that you get certain things that happen and, and the rest of the fans are, you know, don't share that same viewpoint. And like I say, I think it's been quite clear on the sort of reaction to it from, from the majority of Paris fans that they weren't happy about it and they said, you know, this shouldn't have happened, this should, and it shouldn't have happened to Pascal. It was just unfortunate on, on the night he was the one that, that went over and, you know, he was the one that was involved. But, mm. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it will affect him going forward. I, I think, from his point of view, it's, it was more minutes in the first team. Um, you know, continuing his recovery, playing with the under 23 on Tuesday, no, Monday, to play two, albeit not full games, but playing twice in two days, will be good for him to build up his fitness. And I'm sure the Palace fans, are, in general, are hoping that he gets back to, to full fitness and is back out and down the pitch on a regular basis for the club. Do we want to turn our attentions back to the Premier League now? Um, West Ham? Yeah, huge, isn't it? One opportunity to get another manager sacked. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's under pressure, isn't he? I'm not trying to do it. Uh, <laughs> both teams are struggling, you know, in the context of where they both are at the table. This is massive for Palace. They've, they've got to get something. They, they can't afford to lose this one. If they lose, lose this, they go eight points from where West Ham. And that, that, that gap will start to emerge. And, yeah, the, the, the thing for Palace is not to be cut adrift at the bottom. And at the moment, they're not quite. They're, they're still two wins from getting out of, of trouble. But you don't want that to become four or five wins, and then it really is a tall order to get out of it. I think a team like West Ham, who haven't been performing well, you know, they, they by all accounts, I don't see the game more than 90 minutes ago, but I've seen highlights against Brighton. They were poor on that night at their home. 20 minute spell where West Ham turned up I think but that was about it in the first half the second Brighton goal killed it for, for West Ham and yeah they were terrible in the second half um, it's it, 
you look at the the Premier League table and there are three teams there that you think should be doing better than they are. Um, and Crystal Palace and West Ham are two of them. They go head to head on Saturday, so um, it, it's not winner takes all. But it's a, it, as you say, it's a huge game for for both team seasons, really. Yeah, the reports are that the biggest of the two games, isn't it? Yeah, one being against Tottenham in the Carabao Cup, which is a very harsh game to be judged on. That's true. But I think more, more so the Palace game. I think if West Ham don't get at least a draw, perhaps Village is in trouble. I think yeah. if. You know, I don't think Roy Hodgson's in the, the same. Under the same level of pressure, given how new he is into the job. But the longer you know, they, they stay at the bottom and the further behind they fall, then obviously pressure in the spotlight's going to turn on Roy Hodgson and they've got, to, they've got to improve. I think this is a chance, you know, West Ham are a club that aren't, a team that aren't playing well at the moment. They're there for the taking, really. They should approach it like they approached the Chelsea game, really, shouldn't yeah, they? they? should take the game to West Ham. They should. I think both teams are probably short of confidence, but if Palace, you know, we saw without that Chelsea game, the fans got behind them, the players fed off that drive and energy from the crowd. And the next London derby, you'd hope that there'd be a similar sort of atmosphere. And hopefully Palace can get up and at them and, you know, get on the front foot. If they can get an early goal, because at home to West Ham it's 
just another struggling team that it's a game they've got to win they've got to go and kind of lay down a marker and say this is I know Roy Hodgson keeps talking about well this is not where our season started he was keen to say that after Chelsea this is not the start of the season um, we've already had our start to the season um, they've got to lay down a marker and, and, and get moving at some point otherwise they're just going to get caught up in in the mire down there and it'll just carry on and carry on and carry on um, it's, it's got to happen now I don't, I don't think a point's enough No I think the next one of this is offers a bit of relief for Palace West Ham has been getting Tottenham away before the international break ok Tottenham seem to have broken that hoodoo down at Wembley and that's going to be tough but certainly West Ham you'd hope to get something at least this weekend and then after the international break Everton another side haven't been doing well Stoke again, but they have a new manager by then Everton the new manager bounce Maybe. Um, uh, it doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't always happen, no. But they've got West Ham and then, as you say, Spurs, and then it's a, it's a two-week break. Yeah, that could be 11 games if they've only got four points, say. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, mate. But they've come back from... That sort of position was four, Paris. I remember the first season in the Premier League, there were three points after ten games then, and they finished 11th. And if you take a few this, whether they can have such a yeah. remarkable turnaround, I don't know. But there, there are signs, I think, looking at the Chelsea game and the Newcastle performance, take last night out of the equation as a very different side. You, you put that Premier League first 11 that Wilson seems to be. Seems successful on that, I think, through choice and seeing what else is available. <laughs> I think the performances in the last two games have been better. Clearly, against Chelsea, it was a, it was a great result. Against Newcastle, they were a bit unfortunate not to take at least a point. And on another day, they hold out for a minimum draw. It wasn't the prettiest of games to watch, but they did frustrate Newcastle and had their chance on the break. Now, on another day, one of those goes in, whether it's a hard header or that I'm not the back post loading on lots of cheeks to a cross come shot. I think on another day they could have got a point four or three at Newcastle, so there were positives from that performance. And they've got to take that into this Saturday game and like I say, get on the front foot and try and get back West Ham. That's the key though. If they're if they're gonna go and play like that away from home to, to go and get a point, they have to go and take the game to teams when they're at home. Um, they have to go and try and beat teams like West Ham at home if they're going to play like that away from home. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's, it's been a bit of a bugbear of the supporters and everyone around the club, really, that the home for one been good enough for the last few seasons. It's what Paris fans have been saying for a while that you know, Steve Paris has said himself one year we'll come proper if, if we don't improve our home form. And I think they're right. They, they, you know, they, they've got to be better at winning these games when they're expected to, or they're expected to, to take the, the game to an opposition. You know, there, there, are, there are many things, the, the top six that you would say at home or away are probably a brilliant result. Yep. The other 13, you know, but including Paris one of the 14 left, those other 13 teams, I only give a day, you would say they could beat each other. So why, why shouldn't Paris be winning at least half of those at home, if not more? Yep. That, for me, that's where they're probably better. You know, it'd be a good start on Saturday to, to get three points. It wouldn't take them off the bottom, but it would lift the, the mood a little bit, lift the bloom, and, and hopefully give them a bit of momentum going into Tottenham. 
to criticize the Indian star on the thing is essential because I'm going to get a result. I think so. I think they've, they've got to try and get the crowd lifted early on with, you know, getting forward, creating chances. If they can get an early goal, brilliant. If they, at least if they can show a bit of drive, you know, getting forward and, and not to say taking the game to West Ham, then the, the crowd will feed off of that. They'll, you know, they'll get behind the players. Then you hope it's kind of, it works both ways and, and it would help to we saw against Chelsea they score early uh, and it lifted the crowd didn't it? although the, the atmosphere at uh, Southampton Park for that game was excellent anyway wasn't it for, before the match even started um, but yeah if they, if they can get an early goal um, settle the crowd and, and kind of just play the way they want to play rather than having that nervous energy um, around the place um, if, if it's nil-nil at half time I don't think that's the worst thing in the world it, it, it's a case of not going behind early because if they go behind early then unfortunately the way the season's gone you could see West Ham potentially going on and winning it um, reasonably comfortably even though West Ham are terrible well we've seen, we've seen before with teams that pass should go be more struggling and come to the last part, you know, I think it's something last year. Yeah. No one saw falling apart on that day. And yeah, that's what happened. And even if you look back earlier at the start of this season, well, I had a sort of just come up there that sort of you know, nerves and from the promotion. No one really thought they were going to win 3 0 at the last part of the end of the day. Swansea weren't really informed when they came and won 2 0 at the pass. That, yeah, Burnley, Burnley had never won away from home yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah there's enough, you know, there are enough examples if we're going wrong. Hopefully, memories of the Paris fans, I'm sure. There's no old doom and doom Paris fans, is there? No, I think, seriously, I think they have been positive for the last two performances. They've just got to make sure that. Barring uh, Bristol City, we're not counting Bristol City. I'm talking Premier League, yeah, yeah, Premier League performances. They. They were unfortunate in Newcastle. A late goal was a bit of an unfortunate goal. McCarthy headed it onto Marino's head and went over it was overstraining on another day. That wouldn't happen and Palace would wear a point and they would have been quite good. Yeah. And Newcastle would have been a bad result. Newcastle would have been going well. For me, it was slightly disappointing from there. Well, I thought that it was another set piece where they conceded. I did ask Roy Hodgson about that, and he did say he doesn't see it as a major concern at the moment. He said it'd be harsh to criticise given the nature of that goal in Newcastle. Yes, I agree with him to a point, but that is the last two goals I've been seeing remain both from Bournemouth. Yeah. So it's something I need to be aware of, I think. But yeah, if they can think of goals, that's, that's, that's what's been the biggest problem for them all season. You know, they only scored those two against Chelsea in the Premier League. They need to get a goal that lifts the crowd instantly. And hopefully it will just spur them on to, to get that, get another goal, get two or three, you know, and go and win a game. That's a horrible stat to look at, isn't it? Joint top scorers, Wilfred Zaha and own goals. <laughs>
they almost said the fuck they are five points of mathematics here, but it's almost six given their goal difference at the moment. They can't let that get anymore. No. So without simplifying it too much, where where do you see the girls coming from this weekend? Zaha. Wilfred Zaha, Andrew Townsend. I think they're, they're going to be key you know, players again. Andrew Townsend will have to be trying to make things happen at Newcastle. He you know, got the ball, made runs forward, he cut inside, had a couple of shots. He's never afraid to have a shot. Might not always be on target, but he's never afraid to have a go. I think, yes. Logic suggests you have a nice one going. You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> 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 it's not always logical with Andros Townsend, though. Well, I, mean, I think his performance levels have been better the last few weeks. He's, he's put a shift in, he's tried hard, and he has, you know, it works with the Zymar up top with against Chelsea. No one really expected that to, because I think most people win the, the team teams were announced, and their team teams were announced for that front team. But they, they kind of suggested it was chaos, you know. Chelsea didn't really know what to expect from them, because they're not natural strikers. But they can cause problems to teams. Zaha, we know all about he's got that pace, he's got that trigger, he's got that ability to be the man. Then, if they can use that, and he creates space for Townsend, or others coming forward from midfield, whether it's Kabai or... And Kabai will always create chances as well, Kibai won't will create chances, yeah. And I, and I think, although I don't expect there's been many involved from last night, um, on Saturday, I think Love to Cheek probably will. Whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench, I think he'll be involved. And he's got that ability as well. Yeah. He can go and be a player. And you know, we, we saw it in the early stages even before he picked up that injury. He was Palace's best, you know, biggest threat. So there are options, although Benteke is still out injured. I think Saturday was the sort of game where Benteke might throw because it was a bit of a busy game, there wasn't much to it, but you, you sort of did feel that Palace lacked that sort of target man up for that top. Against West Ham, you know, the, they're quite an aged defence, really. You'd think that Zaha and Townsend could have a field day against them, you know, their pace. They're getting behind. Yeah. The likes of Zabaleta and Fon at the back, you know, I would, I would back Zaha to beat them for pace. So I think they're, they're going to be a key. And obviously, it's going to be a difficult battle, isn't it? And making sure you've got the ball in the right area to, to hurt teams, you know, and help with that. Like so, do you think the risk could possibly work in Crystal Palace's favour, the fact that we don't know where goals are coming from? And let's face it, West Ham might also be wondering the same for Crystal Palace. I don't know where West Ham's goals are going to come from as well. Watch it be four all. Yeah, it's probably really exciting. Uh, I don't know if there's too many exciting odds between these two in the last few years, but you never know. There's always hope, isn't there? I, I think it depends on the West Ham lineup as well, really, because they, Hernandez is he going to play up top? Carroll should be back because he only been doing one not much bad two years, wasn't he? So I think yeah. he should he should be back for the weekend. Then that's a different kind of threat, isn't it? A big man like that. That's just got that and that'd be Sacco. It's a battle, isn't it? Carroll against Sacco. Yeah, that would be interesting to see how it goes. But I, yeah, I think West Ham have got players that are you know, they are capable. They haven't really turned up yet this season, but I think you, over the course of the team, you spend more out of the likes of Arnautovic, Hernandez, you know, Antonio, he, he can 
school girls even create create girls for people. They've got players who, who are certainly capable of hurting you. So Palace have got to be wary. Lanzini, he's, he's been a constant draw for Palace in recent seasons. He's scored goals against Palace when they won one 0 So that's part, and yeah, he's someone they've got to look out for. The reason West Ham are down there is that these players haven't been firing and haven't been showing what they're capable of. Um, and yeah, as you say, Palace hadn't been firing until Chelsea turned up and Zaha kind of ran the show. Um, and you just you have to hope that West Ham's players don't decide to turn up this weekend. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's got the it's got the way he's going to one or two ways, isn't it? It'll either be that a win or a defeat. I think some might have but it, it, it could be one of those where it really works in Paris Fraser, they've got the crowd behind them and they get that you know, early lift and they go on and I wouldn't say comfortably win, but they could go and win the game. Or it could be one of those frustrating ones again where it just doesn't happen for them and West Ham come and do a job and nickel one now again, you know. You hope that that's not what happens. But it could, could be. So, so Rob, what are you expecting from this weekend? Not many goals. Uh, a battle. A potentially a struggle for Palace. It could be. It could be one of the West Ham. I, I, I don't know why I've got a funny feeling. It could be again. I hope the Palace are safe that it's not. Hope they do get on the front foot and take the game to them and go and win the game. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just got that. I've got that funny feeling. Could go wrong again. <sighs> I, can, I can't see it. West Ham are so poor. So poor. I know. I know. Palace are poor as well. The Palace have that history where teams are on a poor run. They seem to snap it against Palace. It, it's just become a common theme in recent times. So we think defeat to West Ham and then beat Spurs at Wembley? Yeah, well, that, that would be typical. <laughs> yeah, it would. Could be. We'll see. So I think we'll, we'll probably wrap it up with me now, I think. Yep. Call it, um, call it a day for this week on the podcast, and we'll, I'll be there on Saturday, obviously, at 7 o'clock, and uh, hopefully we can see the Palace on to victory. And we'll be back next week with uh, our Eli View, the third podcast next week. Hopefully we're reviewing three